In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who has come in order to bring new life in His body and through His body. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, so today we're talking about reproduction. And that's what we're talking about in, the, in terms of this series that we're doing about signs of life. We're talking about how the body of Christ reproduces itself. And we're talking about that in terms of this reading that we have from Acts 10. Now, when you just look at the reading from Acts 10, you might be kind of like, well, how does that really work into this? Because the reading assumes that you know what's happening in Acts 10, which you maybe don't. What's happening right before this in Acts 10 is that Peter has been praying on top of his roof. Why he's on top of his roof, we don't know. Maybe he was getting a tan, but he was praying on top of his roof, and he fell into a trance. And in that trance, he saw this vision. He saw a vision of a sheet being let down from heaven. And inside of that sheet... Moving around and squirreling around were all sorts of unclean animals. And in the midst of all of those unclean animals, God says, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter says, yuck. I mean, we usually think about kosher laws like kind of like they're, they're you know, um, God being sort of a killjoy. Uh, we think about kosher laws and we think about bacon, we think about barbecue, we think about lobster, all of those things, cheeseburgers that you can't have if you're keeping kosher. But if you're keeping kosher, you also don't eat other stuff that we would likewise say, mm, I'm okay with not eating that. You know, snakes and bugs, pigeons, icky stuff like that. That were like, ugh, I'm okay without having that. That's kind of how Peter is approaching this, going, are you sure, God? You sure about the snake? Because that's, ugh. And God says back to him, he says, do you not call unclean what I have made clean? Peter goes, okay. And then Peter comes out of his trance because there's a knock at the door. And the knock on the door are servants from this guy who is a Roman centurion. A Roman centurion who is a God-fearer. Somebody who is like the Ethiopian in the story that we talked about just last week. Somebody who says, I am chasing after God. Even though I'm not ethnically Jewish, I, I realize that this is the one true and only God. And so he hears that Peter is in town, hanging out at another Peter's house, a guy named Simon the leper. And he says, I'd like to talk to this guy. Now, for Peter, this is like, oh, I I don't know. I mean, for Peter, he, he probably gets, okay, this is why God gave me this vision. Because there is this guy who is knocking on my door, figuratively asking me to come over to his house. 
Now what you have to understand about being a Jew in those times is that Jews did not go into the house of somebody who was a Gentile. And not only was this guy a Gentile, but he was an oppressor. He was a Roman centurion. He was a part of, and I, I think this is outside of the disciples, the coolest name for a group of people in the Bible. He was a part of this thing called the Italian Cohort. Which sounds like something from a Mario Puzo novel. Yeah, you know, like the Italian cohort. You just imagine them kneecapping people for fun. And so you, you have this guy show up, and Peter's like, oh man, I do not want to go to this mobster's house. Yeah, this is like walking into Goodfellas. And he's like, oh, I don't think so. But I guess God told me to eat the snake. So I guess I'll go. So he goes to his house. And he actually sees something that he didn't expect out of this guy's behavior and demeanor and his words. He sees that he has faith. He sees that not only he has faith, but the, the people in his household have faith. And that's where this speech comes from. This speech that he has about, now I see that God shows no partiality. That anybody, even this gangster, who believes in his name, can be saved. Can be brought into his family. Can be called his child through the waters of baptism. And what happens in this story is that the church, once again in Acts, reproduces. That it reproduces not through the regular human means, but through what John is talking about in the epistle reading. What John is talking about in this kind of weird epistle reading that ends in a very strange water and blood and spirit thing, is John is talking about how the church reproduces itself. Now, what John is talking about here is that the church reproduces itself through baptism. So, water. You kind of get that, right? And then you're like, well, where does the blood come in? Is that communion? No. Probably not, anyway. What it probably has to do is John is fighting against these people that are called Gnostics. And Gnostics think that everything about what life is, is spiritual. It's all just kind of out there in the ether. All just kind of... And there's not really anything tangible. Anything tangible that's bad, that is Satan's. But John is saying, no, it's both of those things. Because Jesus had a real body. He had real blood. It's not just a spiritual thing. It's a bodily thing. And a bodily thing is how... We are reproduced throughout the story of Scripture, even from the very beginning, where God bends down and physically forms Adam's body, where when he makes Eve, that he takes a part of Adam, takes his rib out of his body, and fashions that into 
a new human being. And in a lot of ways, that's the story of how we're all reproduced, at least biologically. This being the Sunday that we're talking about reproduction, I couldn't help but to just use this as a stupid preacher trick. Liz and I are expecting our third child. Now what happens there is that that child is actually physically a part of both of us. Just like Adam's rib was taken out of him and that was formed into a new human being, what happened there is that those two parts of us are joined together and are made to be a reproduction of us. And that's what it's like for the church. For the church, there's this reproduction that happens with us and Christ. So what happens is we find somebody who doesn't know Jesus yet. And maybe that's the person who works at the convenience store near us. Or maybe that's the person who sits next to us in our office or in our classroom. Or maybe that's somebody else. But we find somebody who doesn't know Jesus. Maybe that's even the little infant who doesn't know Jesus yet. And what happens is that through us, taking a part of us, Jesus taking his part, which is his body and blood, put to death on that cross, puts that together with us and says, I am going to reproduce this Christian. I'm going to take a part of them because there's going to be a part of us that is in that person's experience. We're going to be the person who that person thinks of when they think about when they became a Christian. But we're going to be a catalytic part of that because Jesus is going to be the most important part of that where he is the thing that causes that reproduction to happen, that causes that person to come to the waters of baptism, that causes that person to put their faith in Jesus, causes that person to say, finally, I am a child of God. And every person in here, if you are baptized, has that person or persons in your life. Those people that have helped guide you along this life into your relationship with Christ. Those people whose place you're taking. Because that's a part of what reproduction is. It's saying the life in me is going to continue on in this one. And so maybe that person was a parent for you, or maybe that person was a friend for you, or maybe that person was somebody else for you, somebody who finally got you to the point where you said, this Jesus thing is real. Got you to the waters of baptism so that you could feel how real it was. Got you to abide in the life 
that we all share together. So that one day, that life will go on forever in the resurrection of all flesh. And so may this week, may you give thanks to God for how he has recreated faith in you through someone else. And may you reproduce that faith in some small way this week. Speaking to whomever God puts in front of you. Your Roman centurion. And may that faith grow until they come to the waters of baptism. And may it grow even more then. Amen.